Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. You know, for every Christian, there's a story, a story of life without Christ, when they didn't know him as Lord and Savior, and a story of life with Christ. That is the present reality of having Christ in their lives as Savior, teacher, and friend. And indeed, there must be a before and an after. There must be a time of coming into vital contact with God through Christ, the new birth that we so often speak about here on Anchor Point. No one is born a Christian in the natural sense. We all need spiritual life that is only received from God above. Well, today's message is one that should interest any honest seeker. It's the personal story of a conversion of a young man who was facing emptiness in a life of nightclubs and drugs and battling despair in the philosophies and religions of men. Evangelist Mr. Larry Perkins tells his story of how he was found by the Lord Jesus Christ and given new life and new hope by receiving him personally as his own Savior. Verse 6 of Romans 5 says, For when we were yet or still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For when we were yet, when we were still without strength, powerless, in due time, in God's time, Christ died for the ungodly. To me, it's an amazing thing that God wants to have a relationship with you and with me. The God of this universe, the one who created, the one who is keeping your heart beating, wants to have a relationship with you. We're not talking about religion here. We're talking about a relationship with the living God. Now, that may not interest you too much. It didn't me at one time. But my friend, think about this. If the Bible is true, if the Lord Jesus Christ is telling the truth, you and I are going to meet God one day. And I'll tell you this, we better have a right relationship with him before we meet him. Because if we wait until after we die and stand before God, that's no time to get right with God. The good news is you can get right with God tonight on that seat where you sit. God has done everything that needs to be done so that people who have failed, like us, people who have sinned, people who don't deserve a right relationship with God, don't deserve to be in heaven. We can have a right relationship with Him, not by anything we've done, but because of what God has done. He gave His Son. Because of what Jesus has done, He gave His life to the death of the cross. You know, this is a tremendous verse, verse 6 here. It says, when we were still without strength. Now, this isn't talking about when you're got the flu or some terrible disease and you can't get out of bed. It's speaking without strength, spiritually. Listen, you and I are without strength to get ourselves one inch closer to God, one inch closer to heaven. We are without strength to take any sins away because God says there are consequences for sin and it's death. You know, some people fancy they have a right relationship with God. 
but it's on their terms. Listen, we come to God on his terms, not on our terms. And most of us think we have to reach some level of, I don't know what, some standard better than what we are now if God's going to accept us. Listen, God just wants us to be honest. And he says, here we read in verse 6, when we were still without strength. God wants us to realize there is nothing we can do to get ourselves to heaven, to get right with him. Let me ask you, have you ever come to that point? Oh, you may be religious or may not be. You may be a good living person, but have you ever realized you're without strength to get yourself to heaven? Let me say this. If you've never come to that point, my friend, I don't know how you can be on your way to heaven. Because God is telling us in the first part of the verse, our problem. He says, when we were still without strength, what's God's solution to our problem? Christ died for the ungodly. Now, for many years, those words wouldn't have meant anything to me. My parents weren't Christians. Far from it. For some reason, my father and mother sent my... I have one brother five years younger than me. They sent us to a Sunday school when we were young. I don't remember hearing that because of my sin, I don't deserve to be in heaven. I don't remember ever hearing the words of the Lord Jesus that we must be born again. I don't even remember hearing that Christ died for the ungodly, that he died for our sins. I don't know, my brother and I went for a little while, but then I wasn't interested and I stopped going. When I got into high school, I started getting into a lot of things that kids shouldn't get into. Started drinking, partying, and I thought that's where life was at. Just have a good time. I just lived for the weekend. My dad was a musician, amateur musician, and... Um, he wanted his two boys to have the opportunity that he never had to study music. He wanted his boys to be jazz musicians, and it was just a given in our house that my brother and I would grow up to do that. So I started playing in my dad's bands when I was pretty young. But the day came when I finished high school, and I grew up in Fort Erie, Ontario. And uh, my last year of high school, we moved to Windsor. But there's only one school I wanted to go to, and that was the University of Toronto. They had a good music program there. It wasn't just the university, though. I just wanted to go to the big city. I couldn't wait to get out from under my parents' roof, my parents' authority, because although they weren't Christians, they had rules. I'm ashamed to say it, but I was very rebellious. If I was supposed to have the car home at midnight, it probably rarely happened. So when the day came when I left home to go to school in Toronto, I thought I had it made. I thought, now I can do whatever I want. And that's just what I did. So I went to school. I also played in bands at night sometimes. I partied. I thought I had the world by the tail. And it was wonderful for a while. I thought, this is great, because there were other people that wanted to do the same thing. Lots of friends. But you know, every party has to end sometime. And I ended up experiencing what so many people experience living like that, living a life without God, emptiness. And after a few years at the University of Toronto, especially on a Sunday, especially after the weekend, the parties and everything, on a Sunday when I had a lot of schoolwork to do, you would have seen a young man walking around the streets of downtown Toronto wondering what life is all about. See, God was bringing things into my life because he loved me. He wanted me to have a right relationship with him. I didn't have it. The Bible says our sins separate us from God. Well, you say, well, the way you are living, no wonder. Listen, 
My wife lived a totally different life from me. She grew up coming to meetings like this. Her parents were Christians. She grew up reading the Bible. She knew that there was a real heaven, there was a real hell. But it wasn't until she was 15 years old she realized that she was without strength, just like a person like me. She realized that her sin disqualified her from heaven. Oh, she never got into stuff like other people did. She was a good girl. But God says there's no difference for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. My last years of university, hanging around with the people I did, I got introduced to drugs. Drugs were just coming in then. I'm just going to say a little bit about that. You know, the Bible says that the devil blinds the minds of them that don't believe. I didn't realize it, of course, because the devil doesn't let us on to his tricks, usually. But uh, I believed in marijuana. I thought it was opening my eyes to see tremendous things. I thought as a musician, it was helping me to be a better jazz musician. I believed in it. I tried to turn other people on including my parents. Somehow, I managed to graduate after a trip down to California, which was the Mecca for hippies in those days. I spent some time in Southern California, and then uh, my money was running out, so I came back to Windsor, and I got a job playing at a big nightclub in Windsor. I'm just going to say a little bit about this, too. You know, show business is aptly named. It's a business a cutthroat business at times. It's often also a show. I played in the house band there, and there were, they had famous people come there, and we would back them up. My friends and family would come to the show, and they thought it was just tremendous. But you see, the job that I had, I not only saw the show, because I was part of it, but I saw what went on when the lights were off behind the stage. And by this time in my life, I wasn't interested in a show. I wanted something real. And I saw, this isn't real. These people are pretending to be something, and look at that. Am I speaking to somebody here tonight, and you're tired of all the games, all the show, and you want something real? You know what you're looking for? It's peace with God. That's what I was looking for. I didn't know it then. My friend, God wants to bring you you personally, into a right relationship with him. And he can do it because he's given his son to die on the cross. Living in Canada, growing up in Canada, I heard Christ died on the cross, but it didn't mean a thing to me. He was just a name. I didn't see my need of him. I didn't think he was going to give me peace or make me happy. In fact, if I thought about it at all, it would be to make my life miserable. Another one of the devil's lies. Well, I worked at that nightclub for a while. Then I, I left. And I did nothing for several months except smoke marijuana, let my hair grow, my beard grow, and read books on Eastern religions. Now, I'd been through Hinduism and Buddhism. By this time, I was into Zen Buddhism. I was searching. I didn't know what I was looking for, but I was searching. This went on for a while until my money ran out. And I was staying with a friend of mine who was a drummer in the little town of Essex. What is it, 15 miles outside of Windsor? And he said one day, he said, you know, I've got an aunt who needs some work done around her house. She lives in an old farmhouse. Um, you know, if you want to make some money, we could do that. 
I says, sounds good to me. So the day came when we went to see his aunt. Turned out she was an older lady. She was a widow. We're back in 1970 now. Up her driveway comes her nephew, who looked pretty straight on the outside. This other guy beside him, I had long hair and a beard, probably wearing sandals. Now listen, that lady had every right to be afraid of me. She had every right when her nephew came up to the door to say, come back another day. But you know, this lady knew God. She knew the Lord. And I am so grateful that the Lord gave her a concern for my soul. She could see that I had a great need. So she not only gave us some work to do, and we did the work, and instead of just paying us and saying, see you later, she said, boys, come on in, I'll give you something to eat. Well, that was the first of many times that she would bring me into her kitchen. She had a round table there in her kitchen. While she bustled around, getting some food together, started talking about the Bible and about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you ask me, what did I think of that? I thought she was nuts. I'd never met anybody like this. But when I understood that she was talking about spiritual things, I thought, oh, well, I'll just clue her into my Zen Buddhism. You see, I had a university education. I thought I knew something. Here, she's just a lady who grew up on a farm. What does she know? I was a long way at that point from realizing I was without strength as far as a relationship with God is concerned. Her nephew never came back. But you know, God had his eye on me, had his hand on me, and even though I was living such a sinful life, he loved me, and I kept coming back to work for that lady. Now, I don't know if she invented jobs for me to do or not, but I would do the work, she'd bring me into her kitchen, and we started talking about the Bible, and I started talking about Zen Buddhism. You see, I wasn't buying what she was telling me. I was skeptical. After a while, she said to me, Larry, if I gave you a Bible, would you read it? Normally I would have said, no, I won't. I wasn't interested in it. But she had been so kind to me that I would have been a beast to say no. I said, I'll read it. So she gave me this old Bible she had. It was all marked up, and uh, I took it home. And I started to read it. Well, there was a lot I didn't understand. I didn't know if it was true. I'd never read it before. I didn't know who wrote it. I was very skeptical, to say the least. But I will say this. That's when my problems really started. You say, your problems really started? Yeah. Because I realized God saw me in a way that nobody else did. And my friend, I want to say, God sees you. You don't hide a thing from Him. He knows everything you've done this week, last week, all your life. He knows everything you've said, everything you've thought. He knows all about it. And you know, I've been trying to hide things. You know, we try to hide, don't we? And as I read, especially in Romans here, these opening chapters, it was like coming under God's searchlight. I realized I've got a problem. I've got to change my lifestyle. Some of these things I'm doing, I've got to change. As I was saying the other night, it was like waking up in the middle of a nightmare. Because as I tried to change some of these things, tried to clean up my life, but by the time you're 25, sin can be very powerful. You know, I'd done fairly well at school in spite of all my fooling around. I thought that I would achieve moderate success. I would be moderately successful. And here I was now, 25 years old. I'd left basically my family, my friends, just to do what I wanted to do. And it was just to sin. 
I'm all alone with my sin, and I can't get out. Now, you know, that was my situation. But in a, in a way, it's everybody's situation. Because no matter who you are, God says, you've sinned. And you can't get out of your sin any more than I could get out of mine. Or you may live a respectable life. But as far as taking away your sin so you're qualified for heaven, my friend, God says we're without strength. Powerless. See, I was getting closer to that, but I wasn't there yet. Well, I remember one day, it was in June 1970, and I don't know how long I'd been talking to this lady, but nobody was home in the house where I was staying. I just felt like I was in a tube. It was greased. I was going down, and I couldn't help myself. You know, Greta had said to me a little earlier, she said, Larry, how are you doing with this Zen Buddhism stuff? Is it getting you any closer to God? And I don't remember what I said, but I probably just hung my head in shame because I wasn't getting any closer to God. But that day, that afternoon, in June 1970, when I just felt like I was going down in that tube, it was like my whole life was black. It was the worst day in my life. But you know, there was one little bit of light on the horizon. She had told me about the Lord Jesus. And I realized that afternoon, what I needed wasn't a better jazz band to play in, wasn't some more marijuana or another party. I needed to have my sins forgiven. And I knew I couldn't do that. I had come to a point where I realized I was without strength. And you know, I didn't know much about the Lord Jesus. But this lady had pointed me to Christ told me that he died for sinners on the cross. And like a drowning man, somebody throws him a life preserver. That afternoon, I just put my trust in Christ. You say, what happened? Well, I didn't feel a bit different. Never saw anything different. But that afternoon, I came into the good of the fact that God says here, when we were without strength, Christ died for who? The ungodly. You see, that afternoon, I wasn't thinking of myself as Larry Perkins, any great hotshot. I knew I was ungodly. I knew I deserved to be in hell because of my sin. I stopped trusting in myself. My friend, the Bible speaks about that as repentance, a change of attitude. It's critical if you're ever going to be in heaven. You see, getting to heaven isn't trusting in the Lord Jesus 80% and you've done the best you can 20%. There's nothing we can do to take away one sin. If there was, Christ didn't have to die on the cross. My friend, it's trusting in Christ alone that brings salvation. And that afternoon, like I say, God had, it was like he squeezed all the self-righteousness out of me. I knew I was lost. I knew I was helpless. I knew I needed the Lord Jesus Christ more than anything or anyone else. And that afternoon, even though I never felt a bit different, I came into the good of what Jesus did on the cross when he died for all my sins, past, present, and future. Now time is gone, so I'm just going to leave it there. But that's my story, how I became a Christian. And to be honest, this is the last thing I thought I'd ever be, a Christian. I mean, it wasn't part of my vocabulary. But I'll tell you, it's the greatest thing that has happened to me. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I'm looking forward to meeting God one day. In fact, I can hardly wait to see the one who died for me on the cross, the Lord Jesus. My friend, do you have a relationship with the living God? 
I hope you're not trusting in your own righteousness. And let me say this. If God can save a person like me with all my sin, he can save you. This isn't just some thing that's out of reach for you. But I'll tell you this. If you want to play games, if you just want to waste your life, or you think there's happiness in other places, God might let you pursue that. Well, my friend, there's millions of people all over the world that experience there is no peace until you have peace with God. And I want to tell you, the Lord Jesus made peace by the blood of his cross. Well, there it is, another life transformed by the gospel message. Yes, God is still in the business of saving souls, and he wants to reach you, my friend. Have you discovered that you are without strength? That there are no satisfying answers in pursuit of knowledge or of pleasure? Are you willing to admit that you are the lost one, the guilty one that Christ has died to save? Are you willing to face up to your sin before a holy God? Well, we trust that this personal and simple testimony will speak to your heart today and will lead you to the Savior as well. True peace will never be yours until you do. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday night, as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message, would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. Also, feel free to take a look at other literature and audio offers at anchorpointradio.com, where you can also subscribe to our Anchor Point podcast. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that in times like these, you need a savior, and in times like these, you need an anchor.